This is Radio Energy News. Hi, you're listening to Radio Energy. This is Sean Gallagher. And I'm Jessica Stark. Wherever you are, at work or on the go, we have all the top local news stories from Edinburgh on this bright and sunny day. Our top stories today... The security of a faster-growing economy. The security of more resilient public finances. And security for working families as we help with the cost of living. Rishi Sunak addressed Parliament today in relation to rising inflation. We find out what the people of Edinburgh's responses are to the Chancellor's newly announced policies. And Ukrainian refugees are on their way to Scotland. They're currently being transported from London to Edinburgh by plane. And the band Simple Mind holds a concert on Prince's Street to raise funds for this aid. And frogs take over the city. Hear about this year's annual amphibian invasion. So today was a big economic day, 6.8 inflation on February, a record number after three decades. Sanak gave a speech on the April statement bringing forward new measures to tackle the rampaging rise of prices. Meanwhile, in Edinburgh, a rally was organised for today. Holly Southwick brings you more on this. In his annual spring statement made earlier today, Chancellor Rishi Sunak addressed a rise in living costs in the UK. Sunak announced several measures to combat rising inflation. When I talk about security, yes, I mean responding to the war in Ukraine, but I also mean the security of a faster growing economy, the security of more resilient public finances and security for working families as we help with the cost of living. Measures proposed by Sunak include a cut in fuel prices of 5p per litre, the biggest cut to date. This will take effect from 6pm today until next March. Sunak pledged another £500 million into the Household Support Fund, allowing councils to help families with lower incomes. The basic rate of income tax will be cut by 1p in the pound in the next three years. Income tax has only been cut twice in the last two decades, with Covid being largely responsible for the current inflation. A tax cut for employees worth over £330 a year. The largest increase in a basic rate threshold ever and the largest single personal tax cut in a decade. Sunak was faced with criticism from Labour Shadow Chancellor Rachel Reeves, who said that his measures did not go far enough. His choices are making the cost of living crisis worse, not better. The cost of living crisis is hitting people particularly hard. The truth is, Mr Speaker, People can no longer afford the Conservatives. Demands are being made for the government to take urgent action to deal with the issue of rising rental costs, especially from students in university accommodation. Our reporters Edgar and Holly spoke to Green Party's Patrick Harvey, Junior Minister for the Scottish Government, to see what he thinks about Sunak's intervention and to ask him what we should be doing now. I haven't yet seen uh, Rishi Sunak's statement yet because I've been at the, the rally here today but some of the, the early indications were that the measures he was going to take, like fuel duty cuts, are actually going to benefit well-off people more uh, than low-income people. We should be cutting things like public transport, uh, as the Scottish Government has done by, for example, making bus travel free for everybody under the age of 22. Students and university unions in Edinburgh gathered outside of the Scottish Parliament building earlier today and rallied to demand for more affordable housing. MSP Paul McClellan 
attended a rally to represent SNP in standing unison with the students demanding change. The Scottish Government can do so much. It mentioned obviously in about the £150, but it doesn't have the levers of taxation, for example, and, and, and to do that. So the UK Government needs to do more. I, I, I don't think that goes far enough. Um, for, for example, the five pence on field duty, at the moment the government takes 58 pence on field duty, on every litre, 58 pence. So you're taking 5% it's not going to make a difference. Our reporters also spoke to Mark Crowley, President of the National Union of Scotland, to find out more about how this issue is affecting students in Edinburgh. I've had my deposits taken for unjust reasons, but I'm not just here for myself. The fact is that there's people in Scotland, students in Scotland, and pretty much everywhere, every city, everywhere where there's a uni or a college, who are in far worse situations, who have had far worse experiences than I have. By the growing issue of Edinburgh's housing crisis, before it gets out of hand, the root of the cause needs to be targeted first, lack of supply. While regulating the rental market may help in the short term, if demand exceeds supply, prices are going to continue to rise to a point that the average Edinburgh renter can no longer afford to stay in the city. One out of the 81 estate agencies in Edinburgh stated, less buy-to-let owners are coming into the markets due to the price increase in properties, as well as new legislations and regulations. They also disclosed that they typically only increase their rent prices in line with inflation at a 2-5% basis. However, many people don't want to let their property with these extra costs increases, leaving the unintended consequence of a lack of available property for people to be housed in. That was Holly Southwick on the inflation increase. Record temperatures are reaching the UK this summer. Reporter Maxine Murdoch gives an overview of public and expert opinion as a historic heatwave is underway. The Met Office are expecting 2022 to be one of Earth's hottest years as the average hottest day has increased by 0.8 Celsius and warm spells have doubled in length. A recent Met report shows that since 2002, the UK has seen the 10 warmest years, with the hottest being 2014, which had an average temperature of 9.9 Celsius. Jim Dale, the founder of British Weather Services, has said that he believes April may see hotter weather due to global warming, which has had a substantial effect on the environment in recent years. The heat wave seems apparent in Scotland's capital of Edinburgh. We are currently in the middle of March, and residents and visitors are currently outdoors, making most of the newly arrived sunlight. But will this heat wave be the start of a greater climate crisis? We arrived on the scene in Edinburgh's meadows to ask the people who are making the most of the sun what do they think of the climate change and how they're enjoying the sunny weather. Yes, I'm very excited as long as the sun stays and doesn't go away. It's yeah. already changed my mood, so excited I'm yeah. enjoying it. Daffodils are out, which always signals that things are getting better. And yeah. I'm not even thinking about climate change when the weather is like this. Um, yeah, no, it's definitely worrying at the same time. I kind of feel guilty for enjoying the weather. Well, to be honest, I'm quite enjoying a bit of the sun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also extremely worried that if it's like this, there's no water. It's unusually balmy for Edinburgh. Although many in the meadows seem to be enjoying the sun today, Gerald Meal of the National Centre of Atmospheric Research has this to say about the increased heat waves seen in our climate. We continue burning more coal, oil, and natural gas, and therefore we're getting more heat-trapping gases in the atmosphere. Humans are a major contributor to what's been happening in terms of the warming of the planet. Heat waves have become more intense, more frequent, and longer-lasting. Those kinds of changes are ones that we uh, kind of expected to happen, and they have happened, and they're going to continue to get worse as we go forward. Regardless of the changes of weather to come, it seems the increased temperatures are here to stay, if not increase in the following months.
That was Maxine Murdoch with the latest on climate change. And today in Ukraine, Russia's attacks on the besieged city of Mariupol have left 100,000 people without basic supplies or humanitarian aid. US President Joe Biden is flying to Europe to take part in peace negotiations and humanitarian efforts continue throughout Europe, with a very special benefit concert announced for this summer by the band Simple Minds. Here is Isla Whitley with the latest. Russia has denied launching an attack on a civilian-filled theatre in Mariupol, estimated to contain up to 1,000 people. The phrase children in Russian was prominently painted on the lawn in front of the theatre, apparent to any passing aircraft, in the days leading up to the assault. Despite Russia's denial of targeting civilian structures, the Ukrainian city has witnessed the worst horrors of Russian aggression. According to Ukraine's president, Russian military have stopped a relief convoy from reaching Mariupol and have kidnapped rescue personnel. After being under continuous bombardment, Vladimir Zelensky says the city is in severe need of supplies. On Tuesday, more than 7,000 people were evacuated from Mariupol, but an estimated 100,000 people remain. Alina escaped six days ago, claiming that what she witnessed in the city was awful. The most frightening thing is that the world will forget about Mariupol, that they will talk about us for a day, two days, and then Mariupol citizens will be just dying there in the basements. Russia's Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov says if peacekeeping troops are sent into Ukraine, it could start a conflict with NATO, following a suggestion from Poland. American officials says Kiev's forces are starting to hit back with Vadim Prostryko, Ukraine's ambassador to the UK, remaining defiant. We're actually winning. We can win. With your support, with your assistance, we can actually turn the tide. And for this once in a while, we can actually resolve the situation. We don't want to kill Russians or Russia itself. They will survive. What is happening here, this regime might come to end. Despite this, Zelensky says that fighting is so bad in some areas that people can't bury their dead relatives. He also claims Russian forces are using the Chernobyl Exclusion Zone, a contaminated area around the old nuclear plant, to prepare fresh attacks. Meanwhile, back in the capital Kiev, the mayor Vitaly Klitschko has been updating reports on fatalities. From beginning, Russians killed 264 civilians. Right now, over 300 people in hospitals, they is injured. Elsewhere, Poland is expelling 45 Russian diplomats suspected of working for Russian intelligence. Moscow says the accusations were baseless. Joe Biden is on his way to Europe, with the US president likely to help coordinate new sanctions against Russia. He will take part in NATO and G7 talks this week, which Boris Johnson will also attend. Mr Biden will head to Brussels first. A group of 50 children from orphanages in Dnipro are finally arriving in Scotland later today. The children and their guardians were meant to arrive in the UK on Monday, but due to paperwork issues, they were delayed in Warsaw. A Virgin plane has left Heathrow and is expected to return to the UK later with the children on board. A planned trip to London has been cancelled and the group will instead go directly to Callender in Perthshire. The charity Dnipro Kids, which was set up by Hibs fans, enabled the children to flee Ukraine for Poland. Edinburgh-based voluntary organisation Sunflower Scotland is currently collecting donations at Tesco Musselburgh to fill a lorry headed for Dnipro. The volunteers have responded to a call for help from Ukraine, asking British supermarkets to donate the most needed types of food, including pasta, rice, canned dehydrated or camping food, but also baby formula and gluten-free and lactose-free food. A statement from Sunflower Scotland said, The humanitarian crisis is escalating at an unprecedented pace. Shops have been emptied or obliterated. 
People stranded in Ukraine's cities urgently need food. The organisation is also reminding us of what we can do to help Ukrainian citizens, adding, while Ukraine is fighting for its survival, it is our moral duty to support innocent people. Sunflower collects food in bulk to meet the increased demand. There will be at Tesco Musselburgh from 2pm until 5pm today, as well as the same time tomorrow. Iconic Scottish band Simple Minds have announced a special second show in Edinburgh this summer to help fundraise for Ukrainian children. To celebrate their 40th anniversary, the band will play two concerts on the 12th and 13th of August in the shadow of Edinburgh Castle. All profits from the second show will go to UNICEF's charity drive in Ukraine. And that was reporter Eileen Waitley with the latest on Russia's attacks. And now... Here we are with Deji for Lorenzo with the international news headlines. Following a gas release incident at the Aquatic Centre, paramedics are treating several people at Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park in East London for breathing problems. The Olympic Park claimed on Twitter that involved the emission of a chemical at the centre, which forced an evacuation and areas to be cordoned off near the Stratford Westfield Mall and West Ham Stadium. At around 8 o'clock this morning, Roughly 40 protesters stop the road leading to the port where P&O Ferries runs a Liverpool to Dublin service. It comes after the company stated that 800 employees would be laid off immediately on Thursday. Prime Minister Boris Johnson spoke on the ongoing incident today at Prime Minister's Questions. Under Section 194 of the Trades Union and Labour Relations Act of 1992, it looks to me, Mr Speaker, as though the company concerned has broken the law and we will be taking action, therefore. After April the 1st, the government is being encouraged to provide a list of who will continue to receive free COVID tests. Macmillan Cancer Support is urging for all immunocompromised cancer patients to be included on the second anniversary of the initial shutdown. Eve Byrne, the charity's head of advocacy, thinks it's unfair to keep the vulnerable individuals in the dark. It's been incredibly distressing and incredibly impactful. We have seen people, and we indeed at Macmillan Cancer Support are supporting people living with cancer who have had their treatment disrupted, who've had their lives disrupted. Due to a last minute decision from the Taliban, female students in grades above sixth will be unable to attend school. The notice that added schools would reopen after a decision over the uniform of female students was made in accordance with Sharia law and Afghan tradition. Emotions were high as the announcement comes a week after the Education Ministry stated that schools for all students, including female, would start on Wednesday across the country. Ash Barty, the world number one, is retiring from tennis at the age of 25. In an Instagram video, she announced the news. After winning Wimbledon last year, the Australian star describes how her viewpoint has shifted. She says she's looking forward to pursuing new goals. I am spent. I just know physically I have nothing more to give and that for me is is success. I've given absolutely everything I can to, to this beautiful sport of tennis and I'm really happy with that. Still to come. We find out how iconic venue Cabaret Voltaire is coping with COVID restrictions being lifted. MPs look to impose a firework ban and we have sports, weather and travel news. 
Edinburgh's popular cabaret Voltaire reopened its doors for the first time in two years despite concerns of not being able to operate fully due to COVID-19 restrictions. The business has found it difficult to cope over the last two years with restrictions on crowds and social distancing. Looking more into the story is our Edinburgh correspondent, Tommy Hondros. After shutting down for two years following newly implemented Scottish COVID-19 guidelines, Cabaret Voltaire finally reopened its doors last night. One of Edinburgh's favourite underground nightclubs faced hardship like many others when the pandemic first hit in 2020. We spoke to James Perkins, a sound tech engineer involved with the event, and his thoughts on the impact of opening back up after a long period away. Well, our team got furloughed the week prior to everything closing. Uh, so everything was just kind of left. None of the systems were turned off properly. So uh, first kind of job I had when I came back full time last September was to sort of check everywhere. But I only really got into here like a week ago, two weeks ago. Yeah. It's just been madness. We're in here on Saturday from from Friday and into the night. We also spoke to a veteran bouncer of a different nightclub on how he feels about the reopening of a potential rival. My shows for uh, four or five years I'm here. Not too worried. Totally different scene of music. Totally different. We have cabs all electronic and the dance world fly, cab uh, hectares. This was different, different, uh, different nights from town. The effect of the pandemic is being felt across the hospitality industry with pubs as well as nightclubs also struggling to adapt to the momentum of Covid resurges. Bar staff member Carly tells us her experience of the situation. Yeah. I mean like beforehand we were doing um, table service and stuff mm. which was um, like a very different vibe because I started like that mm. I couldn't really compare it to how it was before um, but yeah so now literally it's packed all the time mm -hmm. like no one's wearing masks. It's quite, it's not scary, but it's just very, very different from how it was like a year ago. After the second lockdown, clubs and bars across Scotland were able to open up to the public while still following social distancing guidelines. Going into 2022, government guidelines concerning COVID softened, causing floods of crowds into unprepared venues. <laughs> Scotland's record COVID rates, according to the Chief Medical Officer, are being pushed by a new type of Omicron. The sub-variant shares the same symptoms as the common cold and crowded indoor spaces have become contagious hotspots. How has the recent lift-in been straining? Has it, has it been straining at all with the volume of customers you're getting back? You know, a lot of crowds coming in. Um, not really. It's just kind of like... We were, we were prepared for that in terms of having the right amount of staff on because you just modelled it on how it was in 2019 so so it wasn't really like much of an issue like the only like one step up was that like we thought that Paddy's Day wouldn't be busy stupidly right so, like, oh, just, yeah. like the boss was like nah, it wouldn't be busy for Paddy's Day just and without it was because uh, like everyone's not had a Paddy's Day for like three if the number of reported cases continues to grow, First Minister Nicola Sturgeon may be forced to reinstate restrictions, forcing bars and clubs to close once again. That was Tommy Hondros with the Cabaret Voltaire. Now, 
The Scottish Government are set to introduce a bill that would restrict the buying and selling of fireworks. MSPs have been warned that this could start a potential black market. Tegan McGrory is standing by with the rest. In a committee meeting with business experts, they were warned a new firework bill could lead to an illegal market. There are around 500 professional firework displays in Scotland each year and there were around 900 firework-related injuries in 2019. The committee heard of the government's plans that would introduce a special training and a licensing scheme for those buying fireworks and limits on the times and areas they can be used in. The purpose of this bill is to decrease the number of injuries caused by misuse of fireworks. However, the committee has been told that this bill may be more damaging than helpful as it could lead to an illegal trade and the introduction of black market purchasing of fireworks. In today's committee meeting, the owner of a fireworks superstore in Glasgow told us his thoughts. Thankfully, in the past two years, working with the industry, OPSS and Bays have restarted a coordinated messaging approach, primarily via social media. The messaging highlights the importance of the safe, considerate and responsible use of fireworks, the importance of reading safety instructions, the importance of buying from licensed authorised resellers, the importance of being considerate to those who may not enjoy fireworks as much. In the past two years with COVID restrictions, the number of organised events has dramatically reduced to the point of almost zero. The result? Far more consumer fireworks have been sold, with some retailers reporting an increase of as much as 700%. Yet we have not seen a massive spike in accidents, nor have we seen a massive spike in the misuse of fireworks. This would suggest that, in the words of the Minister for Community Safety, there are a number of people, a small number of people, that are using fireworks inappropriately. MSPs were also told that the demand for fireworks would be met by organised criminals and will not improve safety. MSP Alex Cole-Hamilton calls for fairer use of government funding after Edinburgh Council sees the lowest throughout Scotland. Here is Miles Campbell with more on this. The Edinburgh Liberal Democrat MP for Edinburgh West, Alex Cole-Hamilton, has asked a question as to why funding in Edinburgh City Council is so low compared to other councils throughout Scotland. Edinburgh Council received £1,771 of funding, even though the average throughout Scotland was 2166 meaning that Edinburgh are missing out on £365. It is known that there are budget cuts throughout Scotland. However, Lib Dem MP Alex Cole-Hamilton has concerns over why the SNP are making no attempt to close a gap. His first and foremost concerns are about infrastructure, and more specifically, social care in Edinburgh. He also believes that funding awards should go to the local councils as he believes they have the best knowledge on what funding really needs to be spent on. This is all a backlash after the Scottish local government finance statistics were published. Mr Cole is asking for fair use of government funding and doesn't want to see Edinburgh struggle for funding in the future. Now time for our local news headlines. Police have charged two schoolboys after a child indecency image was displayed on a big screen at a city secondary school. Education chiefs called in Police Scotland after the S2 pupils used airdrop to send the pornographic image to their teacher's iPad while he was outside the classroom last Wednesday. Staff members at the school told the Edinburgh Evening News they felt the incident was very poorly handled as it took senior management nearly a week to warn staff to turn off the sharing function on all school tablets. Edinburgh University is to urgently sell its £1 million stake in Russia's largest bank, Sparebank in response to the Kremlin's invasion of Ukraine. 
the university will instruct financial managers to divest from all Russian funds and review an honorary degree given to an ally of Vladimir Putin. We reached out to the university, but they declined to comment. However, an internal statement released by Principal Peter Matheson said the university does not have any institutional partnerships with Russian universities or organisations, but is reviewing Russian investment holdings at the earliest opportunity. Taxi fares increases of up to 20% have been given the green light to go to public consultation by Midlothian councillors. New tariffs proposed following talks between Midlothian Council and operators include a festive starting rate of £4.50 and the standard daytime starting rate increasing to £3. It will also see a new cleaning fee of £50 being charged to customers who are sick in a cab, which is more than double the previous fee, which was £20, and this is in order to help drivers cope with rising costs. This will, however, only be the first time in six years that taxi fares have gone up. A Midlothian builder's yard operator accused of having council workers moonlighting at the site has been forced to cease trading after losing a planning appeal. Residents have also blamed the operation on the outskirts of Gorebridge for pulling down phone lines, driving rats into local neighbourhoods and tearing out private fencing. But the firm has denied all accusations, saying they are absolutely untrue. A spokesperson for the nearby dog daycare centre described to us how the yard had impacted her business. We've never in 17 years had problems with rats. And as soon as he scraped back his ground and put the hardcore down, we had a massive infestation of rats. Rory Joyce, who now runs the firm Peter Joyce & Son, bought the land at Ashbank outside the village last year to expand the business. He insists the land was already a scrapyard and did not realise he needed planning permission as he believed it was already industrial land. Australian indie rock band DMAs have been announced to headline Edinburgh's Royal Highland Centre showground this summer as part of the Big Top Festival. Formed in 2012, the band's best-known tracks include Lay Down, In The Air and Delete. Other acts joining the bill for June 10th include the Edinburgh band Vista, Glasgow's Rianne Downey and frontman of well-known indie band The Verve, Richard Ashcroft. DMAs are set to perform in the capital on Friday, June 10th, with tickets going on sale from 10am on Friday, March 25th. That was Callum and Ryan with the local news headline. And now, time for the sport. Now, the latest sport highlights on Radio Energy. The UK and Ireland have confirmed a bid to host the 2028 Footballing European Championships. They are likely to be confirmed as hosts for the tournament as no other nations have put in a bid for the competition, with the deadline for submissions coming later tonight. Wales defender Nico Williams has highlighted the attraction of playing in front of a home crowd. If the games get played in the UK, then you know the whole Welsh nation is going to be there and going to try the best to get tickets and be there, so it's going to be like, like home games. Uh, whatever it's going to be, that feeling would be absolutely incredible. If no other countries submit a bid, the process of confirming the hosts can be fast-tracked, with a meeting of UEFA's executive committee taking place on the 7th of April to finalise the decision. The Scottish FA have announced that £10 of every ticket sold from tomorrow night's friendly against Poland will go to UNICEF's emergency appeal in Ukraine. Scotland were set to face Ukraine tomorrow in a World Cup playoff semi-final. However, the fixture was postponed to the summer following the current situation in Ukraine. As Scotland prepare for their upcoming games, Hearts defender Craig Halkett has been handed his first Scotland call-up. Hearts captain Craig Gordon believes it is a great addition to the squad. 
last couple of seasons playing with him, he's been uh, he's been great, a real leader in the, the back line at, at Hearts, and hopefully he can now make that step up. He's had a little taste of the training and, and how good the standard's been, and uh, it's, it's up to him now to, to maintain those levels, but certainly he's, he's had a, an excellent season so far this year. Ukrainian welterweight champion Yaroslav Amasov has cancelled his Bellator MMA title fight against British fighter Michael Venom Page to join the fight against Russia. Amasov became the first person from Ukraine to win a major title in the MMA by defeating three-time champion Douglas Lima in June. The 28-year-old, who is unbeaten in a career spanning 26 matches, said in an Instagram video from Ukraine, You are not saving us. We are protecting ourselves from you. In a message aimed at invading Russian troops. Page will instead face American Logan Storley at Wembley Arena on 13th of May. Chelsea fans have taken to social media to protest an ownership bid by the Ricketts family, who currently own the Chicago Cubs. The backlash is stemming from leaked Islamophobic emails sent by Joe Ricketts between 2009 and 2013. In the emails, Ricketts says, Muslims are naturally my enemy and Islam is a cult. He has since apologised for his comments. Chelsea have several Muslim players, including N'Golo Kante, Antonio Rudiger, Hakim Ziyech and Maling Saar, as well as millions of Muslim fans across the globe. The family are flying to London to meet with stakeholders later this week. World Figure Skating Championships gets underway today in Montpellier. There is plenty of British representatives at the championships. Three-time British champion Graham Newbury will skate in the men's singles, his first World Championship appearance since 2017. The British ice dance duo of Lila Fia and Lewis Gibson will be hoping to improve upon the impressive 10th place at the Winter Olympics. Olympian Natasha Mackay has qualified for the next segment of the women's singles after a performance in the short programme. Thank you to our sports correspondents for those sports headlines. Edinburgh's Great Toad Migration is well in force as Holyrood area has seen a rise in sightings of toads. As the sun comes out, these amphibians will make their annual pilgrimage around Arthur's Seat, travelling up to a kilometre to where they will find refuge for the spring. While nature has dictated their path, it can be interrupted by a certain species, humans. The local cyclists, drivers and joggers have led up to a 70% rise in toad deaths in previous years. A reporter, Angus, has hopped along to Arthur's Seat to get the latest on migration. Each March, Edinburgh faces an invasion of grand proportions, a toad invasion. On a good night, you can see over 500 toads migrating across Arthur's Seat for it can last between two to four weeks. Due to the increase of roads and cycling paths around some of Edinburgh's main breeding grounds, many have been killed by cars, cyclists and joggers. To protect them, Hollywood Park Rangers like Gordon have stepped in alongside the public to protect these toads and we got the chance to speak to him about this year's edition of the Great Toad Migration. Each morning we go round the high road and we check that there's no toads on the road. Uh, they migrate overnight. So what we do is we make sure none have got sort of trapped on the road or um, are stuck and left out over during the day. So yeah, each morning we'll go around check none are still on the road and we'll put them into the water. The migration has just begun and while there's still more to come, we have seen a start as some early movers have been spotted around Holyrood. So it's still quite early, um, it's not really in full flow yet. We're getting a few early sort of movers, um, 
but I guess as, if it's like this nice weather in the next few weeks probably more and more so it's just at the start. This year there are changes to how Holyrood Park are approaching it. There's no guided walks not because of Covid but the toads are hard to predict. In the past we have done sort of guided walks and people have sort of come along and assisted us. This year we're not doing that because it's quite hard to um, plan when the toads will be out because you don't really know what day it's going to be but yeah uh, if you contact Larg they have a, a nice sort of organisation they're always keen to get people to help. While this time does come at a risk for this increase in the toad population due to the presence of people toads have precautions in place to protect each other. The to toads might travel up to a kilometre so sometimes you might see them up in the Arthur's seat and they travel a long way and they only really need water in ponds during the breeding season the rest of the year they're happy to leave and um, they'll be in like woodland they'll be in kind of damp places so yeah it's really just at this time of year they all kind of go on mass quite often you'll see two toads it looks like one's getting a piggyback and that's actually the male sort of attached to the back of the female trying to guard that female from other potential toads as these toads move in time for spring, it's important to keep an eye out on the roads for these migrators. People like Gordon are there to try and make it a tradition at this time during the year to keep an eye out on the roads or at your feet in case one of them land in front of you on the way to their new home for spring. What a riveting story that was. Care, uh, is it is indeed, and careful not to kiss them, as these frogs will not turn into princes. And now time for the travel and weather. This is Radio Energy Travel. In travel news, all lanes are currently restricted eastbound at the A720 due to a road traffic incident, with some restricted lanes westbound. Drivers are being advised to use caution on approach and plan for expected delays. And now, for the weather. Now, the weather on Radio Energy. Today in Edinburgh will be the warmest day of the week with plenty of sunshine and temperatures reaching 15 degrees with a low of 5 degrees later this evening. Tonight will be largely clear, however, Tomorrow, thicker clouds will begin moving in from the west, leaving skies with slight cloud cover, but keeping some sunny spells. Towards the end of the week, temperatures are set to drop slightly to 14 degrees, but still to remain warm with sunny skies over the weekend. This looks to be the last week of sun for now, with rain incoming next week, so enjoy it while you can. And that, I'm Sean Gallagher, this is Jessica Stark, thank you for listening.